We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And before we get started with the podcast, guys, a quick word about our partners. Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now. Or binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And now, let's start the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing personal taxes in esports. Just a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. It's all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Juan Lodges Rodriguez. Juan is an accountant and the founder of Lodges Financial. His company is an esports business management firm focused on providing esports players and video game streamers the support necessary to run an efficient business including assistance with taxes and bookkeeping. He also hosts the Lodges Podcast, which is a gaming and esports podcast highlighting business professionals, pro players, and streamers. Thanks for joining us. Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for having me on, Justin. I'm super excited to be here and, and to jump into this conversation. My pleasure. You know, I'm glad that we were able to get this going. So, you know, to yeah. briefly introduce the topic, we're exploring personal taxes in the esports and streaming world. So all U.S. residents are subject to personal income tax on any money they earn. So professional gamers, content creators, and streamers also have to pay these taxes. So they have to pay federal income tax to the IRS and potentially personal income tax in every country, state, and maybe even city that they work and earn revenues for. So pretty much whenever an individual earns over $600, they're subject to tax. So you have to realize that money you earn from content streaming, including ad revenue, subs and subscriptions, bits, tips, and donations that you receive from the viewer are all subject to taxable income. 
And you also have to realize that donations are not really considered deductions for tax purposes. They're actually income. So in addition to streaming revenue, pro players have to pay taxes on any salary that they earn from an organization, on any tournament winnings, and also any money that they receive from a sponsorship, as well as any product they receive. So generally, a streamer or a player may be taxed the fair market value of the free product they receive. So if they get a free computer, they might have to pay whatever the taxes of the computer at retail. They get free airline miles, they might have to be taxed on the value of the airline miles. And another thing that some states have enacted is called a non-resident income tax, commonly known as the jock tax. So pretty much this is a tax on visiting professionals who earn income within a state. So this could be applicable to professional athletes and musicians and professional gamers in a similar way. So for example, New York has a jock tax where New York taxes any income earned by a professional for any salary they receive based on the total duty days that they spend earning an income in New York. So a duty day is really any day that a professional provides work on behalf of their employer, their team or their organization or a brand. So whether it's a media or a sponsorship appearance, a team practice or scrimmage, or even participating in a tournament or a match. So, you know, this concept really is very exemplified by the NBA 2K League pro gamers who have to pay, you know, federal income tax on their yearly salary, as well as on any tournament winnings. And then most of them are subject to New Jersey, I mean, New York state income tax because the competitions are held at the 2K League studio in New York. Also, some of the players are actually subject to state income in the state that the franchise is located in. So, for example, a Lakers gaming player may pay federal income tax to IRS, state income tax to New York for playing games there, as well as California state income tax, because that's where the team is located and where he does media appearances and things. So, in addition to, you know, tax, another concept are kind of write-offs or taxable deductions. And these exist to kind of help reduce a gamer's total net income, which when your net income goes down, you have to pay less taxes. So, you know, there's a bunch of different deductions that we can look into, but some common ones might be any equipment to record and stream, any marketing or promotional ads used to promote your channel or your content. So Facebook paid boosts or Twitter ads, you know, cost of any promo items for a giveaway or contest. If you go out and buy, you know, PS4 cards or VC, you might be able to write off some of these things. Any website or graphic design. You know, if you have someone design a logo or a stream overlay, you might be able to get some of that as a deduction for your business. And then video recording and editing software. So if you need to buy a program to edit your stream or to make video content, you might be able to get those costs back. Additionally, there might be recovery of any costs associating with protecting the gamer's assets, their gamer tag or logo. So if you file a copyright or trademark. And sometimes you can actually get travel and meal expenses you know, hotel, airfare, fuel costs to engage in these kind of promotional and business activities. So now we know a bit more about tax matters. Tell us a little bit about your past work experience. So I, my first accounting experience actually started pretty young. 
Um, it was right after high school, actually in Huntsville, Alabama, which is really where I grew up. And then later on went to college at Auburn University and got a degree in accounting. Um, but prior to that, I actually started out doing internships. I did it three summers in a row with a company located there that was called Aviagen. And they were a poultry company, but they were a worldwide company. So they had offices in, I believe, like over 20 or 30 countries. Um, and so I had that opportunity to come up through a, a friend that I went to high school with. Their their parents worked there. And so it, it really helped me uh, kind of get exposed to accounting and the business world, honestly, pretty young. Um, so I did that for three summers. Um, and then obviously on top of that, I studied accounting uh, at Auburn University. Um, and then after that, I did a internship down here in Tampa, Florida, which is where I currently live. And so it was with a Florida, a state of Florida CPA firm. So they were regional down here, did an internship with them, actually worked with them last year as well. Um, so that was mainly audit work, um, did a little bit of taxes, but not much. Um, as I was going through college, you know, I really kind of wanted to be in the auditing space. I thought it was fun and kind of was more of my taste. So like I said, I did the internship and, and the past work with them last year. And then I also um, last year did an internship with Ernst & Young, which is a big four accounting firm. And so again, with them, that was an auditor position, did an auditing internship with them. And, and I'm set to start with them actually later this year in, in either August or September. Um, so that's a little bit of the accounting and finance or, or business background work experience, I guess you could say. And then as far as gaming experience, I've, I've dabbled in streaming. Um, in 2018, I did it like pretty consistently just as a hobby. It wasn't anything crazy. What'd you um, stream? Just, oh, let's see. I streamed Fortnite for the most part. So okay. um, I really, I got into Fortnite like before the actual competitive side of that started. So I remember playing like in the first competitive stuff they had that was held online where like, I believe when they first had those, like there was no leaderboard. Like you had to like, you know, put the points down yourself, kind of keep track of it based on what was online. So um, did streaming with that, actually won some money um, at Auburn. Uh, we had a bar there that on Monday nights, they would hold Fortnite tournaments. And so I did that during my last semester and I had a little bit more free time. And so that was a good time. Um, and then now with with the gaming experience is, is just really on the business side. I still, you know, game for fun. I'm, I'm big on Warzone right now. I think it's a, I think it's a good time and, and it's a good way to connect with other people and all that. Um, but yeah, just, just a little bit of my business work experience and then some of the stuff on the gaming side. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what you're currently doing in the gaming space with your financial company. Yeah. So I created Lodges Financial at the beginning of June last year. So June of 2019. And I really started brainstorming it um, around March and April. It was pretty close to when everything went down with Tifu and, and that whole litigation and all that. So I saw that happen and it was right after I had finished my internship with Ernst & Young. And so I had a little bit of downtime, just, you know, taking extra classes and, and completing educational requirements. And so I saw this happen and I had never really thought of dabbling in the gaming space on the business side. It really was, you know, like I said, enjoying kind of just streaming for fun and, and playing in the Fortnite stuff for fun. But I saw this happen and I was like, wow, like, I wonder if there's any opportunity to make an impact in the space on the financial side. Um, and so long story short, you know, kind of looked into it, spent about a month, month and a half, you know, researching what was out there. And then, you know, long and behold, June came around, um, created lodges, 
uh, began to network and, and do what I can to learn about the space to make uh, create relationships with other professionals that work in the professional services uh, part of the industry. So whether that's, you know, lawyers, uh, insurance agents, um, banking, you know, whatever the case may be, and slowly uh, built Lodges Financial, which basically serves to, like you said at the beginning, Justin, really just help support streamers and and pro esports players with everything on the financial side. So whether that's helping them with bookkeeping, with tax planning, with tax compliance, um, you know, savings, understanding, uh, like 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 you mentioned, whether they can write certain things off, whether they can't, really just. Uh, financially organizing them is I think a good way to put it and you know with especially with streamers that can be tough because you know like you mentioned you can have income from upwards of like nine or ten different sources and you know we all know that streamers already have a really rigorous job you know some of them are streaming 10 to 12 hours a day um, they're doing maybe activations on the side. So it, it can definitely be hard to keep up with all of this stuff on the business side. And so that's what Lodges was created for, was to support them with everything financially. And then as well as any other day-to-day stuff that maybe they don't have time for, or they could be assisted in that that isn't too hard to do. Um, we help them with that. Um, as well as, you know, just introducing them to other professionals that's necessary. So like I said, kind of at the beginning, whether that's, you know, a lawyer that they maybe need introducing them to that relationship, whether it's banking and, and creating their business checking account and, and creating that separation of personal and business, uh, making those introductions for them. Um, so, yeah, really just like kind of a full on support system for for streamers and esports players. I mean, I think it's, you know, some really important points that you bring up is, you know, a lot of these kids are 18, 19 years old, even, you know, younger, you know, 16, 17, and they're getting large sums of money. And they're really not financially literate. They don't understand taxes and how they have to put in a certain percentage aside from tournament winnings and salary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had players who like, you know, they just had a bank account and they didn't realize they could have a savings account and earn interest. And said they have all their checks and all their money in this one account. It's like, God forbid if something happens and like, you know, you lose your ATM card. Like, yeah. you know, you just have to understand that there are these things. And I think it's nice that you're creating something that's similar to a lot of entertainment and sports worlds where they have these kind of financial firms, these business management firms who take care of the day-to-day for players. And, you know, as you become bigger and you don't have time to pay your Verizon bill and your internet bill and your water bill and your rent and all these things, the way, you know, superstar athletes and musicians don't have the time for just too busy or just not part of their daily routine anymore. You know, they have financial people, they have companies that handle this. And, you know, I think as streamers grow and as gamers grow and, you know, like you said, they have a rigorous seven day a week from when they wake up to when they go to sleep, pretty much gaming. It's not that much time to do the other things. And then as you get bigger, you could have appearances and tournaments you have to prepare for and fly to. So, you know, you start having all these real business related ventures where you can't spend the time on the paperwork, but because you're now making more money and real money, you have to be even more focused on the paperwork. I know that's an important point too, is, you know, you, you get bought, especially whether you're a streamer or a pro player, like you're saying, as you further advance in your career, you begin to get, you know, boggled down in things that take up your time. So, um, you know, that's kind of the mission of the business is to provide them that support. And, and like you actually mentioned at the beginning, I want to hit on this. A good point is that, you know, a lot of these uh, individuals are younger individuals. And so the financial literacy point is really important because, you know, I even think kind of in our, in our, 
elementary high school education systems in the United States, I, I still just don't think it gets talked about a lot. I think that, you know, I know that when I grew up going through high school, they didn't get talked about much. And it's such an important thing. Um, so you combine that with the fact with a young individual that maybe begins to make a lot of money and really create a career for themselves so early. Uh, it can create a lot of gray area and confusion already, you know, because, uh, you know, even your normal person struggles with it. So add on everything they're dealing with and, and it makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that people don't really understand, you know, bank accounts and interest and mm-hmm. the way all these things work. And if you look, kind of learn basic business early on or, you know, if you grow up in a household where you have professionals around you where not everyone does, you might not be that familiar with the way banking systems work and understand, okay, I can form a corporation. I have to operate things through this account. And, you know, if I do certain expenses and pay for certain things through this money, I could recoup it. But if I do it through this other stream, it might not be recoupable. Right, right. Yeah, no. And and really part of as, as I'm working with people, part of it is not just providing the services for them, but as we have the time going through it to also educate them and be like, hey, like, I don't know if you know this, like, this is how this works. Here's a little bit of this. And, you know, obviously, I don't want to make it sound like I'm sitting there giving them a lecture or like a boring presentation. But as we're going through some of the things, I always try to, you know, provide that, you know, that insight so that they also on there and feel comfortable and can begin to understand the business side of it a little bit more. Um, And, you know, some people are really savvy on the business side. Some people aren't savvy on the business side. I I think that goes for both esports and traditional sports. So it really just kind of depends on on who you're dealing with. Um, But it's definitely something that that I try to highlight if I can. Yeah, you know, as someone who, you know, being an attorney, lecturing to your client is pretty much part of my day-to-day gig <laughs> at this point. And, you know, but sometimes that's what you're there for. You're there to explain yeah. these things and, you know, you try to make it as relatable and understandable as possible. But at the end of the day, like, that's why they're hiring you so that you take care of these things that maybe isn't within their wheelhouse. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, you know, it's and it's interesting. And and I think I've had this conversation on the side with you before, you know, that I'll get questions sometimes that, you know, maybe to myself, or maybe a lawyer gets it. And it's, you know, second nature to you, but because they're coming from a different perspective. Um, you know, it's a lot of the time, even just questions that, you know, we can give them a quick answer to or kind of, you know, educate them like, hey, this is the difference between a debit card and a credit card. Um, and, you know, other times maybe it's questions that require more research. And, and, you know, I'm always really strong believer in saying like, hey, if I don't have the answer for you, um, let me get back to you. I'll research it, look into it and, and we'll come up with an answer later. But, um, but, yeah, there's a lot of basic things, you know, that, like I said, I think the debit card, credit card is a good example. Understanding, you know, setting up a business checking account and separating your personal income, both for tax purposes and legal purposes. Uh, you know, like you touched on whether you create an LLC or, or operate as a sole proprietor. Um, you know, these are all decisions that can be overwhelming and, and, like, and you know, we'll continue to touch on, especially for for younger individuals. So providing clarity and, and shining light on all those areas is is something that, I, that I'm passionate about and, and I love helping people with. Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, to your point on that, it's like corporations, LLCs, you know, what's the correct thing? And People can't even think about this. You know, you Google and I had somebody saying, oh, like something says you can only have an LLC with three people. I'm like, where'd you see that? That doesn't make any sense. So like, you know, there's something <laughs> called a sole member, you know, LLC where there's only one member. Like, why would something be called that if it didn't exist? So it's just like as much as people feel like you can use the Internet and find out things, you need to make sure you're reading the right things. You know, you need to read official documents from Department of States and, you know, from legal sources and law articles and try to find the legislation, the statutes, because 
you know, someone writing a blog article, their stuff may be trying to get up as high as, fo- as possible in a search result. And that doesn't yeah. always mean they know exactly what they're talking about. So Exactly. You know, and, and, and on our side, you know, for us, if you're, whether you're an accountant or whether you're a lawyer, you know, we've gone through that education of having to look through, you know, for me, for example, like reading tax law and, and already having a general understanding of it. So yeah, there's definitely, I'll, you know, support. There's definitely stuff out there on the internet that if you look it up, it, it might confuse you more than helping you. There's definitely stuff out there that yeah. is good, reliable source. Like you're saying, it just kind of depends on who it's coming from and, you know, where the research is being done and all that sort of stuff. Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures odds including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, Bet Online, your online wager next. Experts, and now let's get back to the next story. So, what are some typical pitfalls that you know a gamer or a streamer should look out for? You know, tax or business kind of wise. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think the biggest one that I see tossed around a lot, and I'll go ahead and just get right to it, is the donations. Um, you know, a lot of the times, especially if you're new to streaming, um, or, or whether you're not new to streaming, you know, you think that possibly donations or tips could not be counted as income or not be something that you need to report. Um, And I'm always, and I think if you talk to anybody that works on the professional side, they'll tell you that 100% donations, tips, whatever you want to call it, um, it's reportable income. It it needs to be on your tax return. Um, The same goes, and I know you touched on And there's a paper trail that says how much you made attached to your social security number. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and on the paper trail too, again, something I always highlight is, you know, if you're a streamer, your career is very public. Like anyone can pull up your stream. A lot of people have their sub counts on there. A lot of people have, you know, donations, notifications that pop up. Or um, PayPal way to do it. And it gives your address or something. Yeah. So there's, again, and not like you would ever advise anybody to try to hide money. But my point being is that, you know, the IRS, if you were to get audited, it can be found extremely easy. So, you know, the correct and the integrity thing to do is to report your income, um, whether it's from donations, whether it's subs, marketing, um, from merchandise, you know, basically bottom line is whatever income you're making, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business person, your stream is a business. So all of the income you're receiving um, needs to be reported. Um, but then the flip side of that is all those business expenses that you're having and and understanding what you can write off and, and what you can't. That helps lower your taxable income, which, you know, in turn lowers your tax liability. So uh, while there's the negative of it, there are a lot of things that you can do to help lower your tax liability as well. So. So what are some common ones, common write-offs that a gamer or streamer, you know, might not know they have or that they're kind of just missing out on? Yeah. So baseline ones, definitely all of your equipment, um, you know, for the most part, your monitors, your gaming PC, your mouse. Basically, what I say, and I know this can be kind of harder to understand sometimes, is anything that's necessary for you to complete or complete your job as a streamer uh, can be used as as a write-off and as the deduction. So, so if you buy um, a webcam or a mic yes. or, you know, yeah. that all of those things like you mentioned and really good ones that you mentioned at the beginning is if you've got um you know software you use for editing your youtube videos like that's definitely you know a write-off it's necessary for you to create those videos which in turn allows you to earn money so it's definitely a part of your business so 
Yeah. And, you know, I think another one that streamers should be aware of is, you know, the people that maybe you're hiring to make thumbnails or graphics and logos or, you know, storage. If you're, say, using podcast software or system that charges you a monthly fee or a streaming mm-hmm. platform, you might that might be an expense that you can write off. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All of that stuff. Um, Streamlabs. I, I can't remember what memberships they have, but if you use Streamlabs, you can use that as well. Um, you know, a fun one is if you're a, and well, we'll ignore that. That one's a little bit more of a gray. It kind of depends. But basically, bottom line is if it's something that you need to complete your job as a streamer. Um, so some of those that we mentioned and whether that be a camera, microphone, whatever um, the game you play, if there's a game you got to purchase and, and it's a game that you stream and, and it's a part of your you know day to day. You know, that's also something that you can link into to writing off. Right. Like the VC giveaways. And if you're buying Xbox game cards, like, yeah, you really have to think outside the box. But if you don't have the infrastructure set up properly, you might not be able to you know, receive these write offs or it just might not be structured properly. Right. Exactly. And so and, and that's where it can be tough. Right. Because if if you're a full time streamer and, and you really have a career in this and, and it's what you're doing, um, just like an entrepreneur that runs a business, you know, whether that's a bakery or whatever it might be like, it's it's hard to, to keep up with all this. It's hard to find extra time to maybe research something that you have a question about. Um, and so that's where I kind of feel like that people like myself and, and other people kind of step in and, and provide that education for you, give you ideas, you know, make sure that we're checking all the boxes that we can to to help you, you know, lower your, lower your tax liability as much as you can. So how would you go, you know, a streamer go about kind of claiming some of their donations and, you know, how can you help these eligible deductions? Yeah. So definitely make sure my number one tip would definitely be to make sure that if you, let's say you go purchase a headset, um, you know, or whatever it may be that you're going to write off, make sure that you're keeping track of your receipt, whether that's a physical receipt, or if you do the receipt option to be digital, um, just making sure you're keeping track of all of that. And, you know, sometimes I think that can sound daunting, but if, if we're being honest, like if you've got a receipt, like let's say you step into a store, you buy it. Once you get in your car, take a picture of the receipt, email it to yourself. So at least you've got a digital copy um, and, and then try to keep paper receipts as much as you can. Um, really the only, and I think to provide a little bit of clarity here, I think people get overwhelmed with that. It's not that at the end of tax season that you're going to have to go pull up a thousand receipts, right? You can keep a spreadsheet going of everything you've bought. The case where the receipts were to come up is if for whatever case you do get audited or you do need to provide proof of purchase, then that's where you would pull out of your receipts out. So um, my, my way of recommendation would be if you're writing stuff off is, you know, when you buy it, keep a receipt and then maybe have an Excel file going of everything you've bought, the date you bought it. Um, so that you're just, you know, doing good habits of keeping track of everything. And, and you know, it doesn't take that long. Uh, it takes maybe a couple of seconds if you do it right after you buy things. Um, so that that's kind of my two cents as far as, you know, how would you keep track of stuff throughout the year? Because um, if you don't, the flip side of that is it can be really hard to remember what you bought last year or what you bought six to seven months ago. And, you know, you start to question, dang, did I buy this? Did I not? Um, and so in turn, the, another thing you can do is on top of all of that, if you have a business account set up, um, which, which I think most professionals recommend to you, if this is a full-time gig, or if you have a business credit card set up, having those credit card statements, having those bank statements, um, also allows you to kind of remember, okay, what did I buy here? Do I have the receipt for that? 
Um, and so I'm coming, you know, like I said, I did auditing internships. I come from having the paper trail, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what you're sales. about. So, yeah, we do. Yeah, we make sure you so. have the paper. And, you know, I, I think to your point that, you know, a corporate bank account, you kind of can put all the money you earn into it. And then anything you want to buy related to the business, you use that card, that account to pay, write a check from it. And that way you have an easy way to identify, okay, well, you know, I bought this webcam at this price on this date. You can go back and give you, gives you a better idea of where you were. You can look at a whole year and everything is there in a lot easier to manage format. Exactly. Exactly. If you have that, that business checking account is huge. It, it, if you're not using a, a person to do your taxes, it helps you on the back end. If you do have someone helping with your taxes, it provides all that activity of everything related to streaming. And then you don't have to sit there at the end of the year and, you know, try to pick out, you know, what was personal, what was for streaming. Um, so yeah, having that business checking account just helps with organization. And, and again, you know, that, that's kind of what I'm about is, you know, making sure people are financially organized. It, it makes it easier on everyone. If you have future business opportunities come up, it makes you look, you know, put more together. So overall, though, I know it's not like a really exciting topic and a lot of people sometimes, uh, don't look forward to having the conversations. I do think it is a really important one. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've seen some of the biggest people have tax issues, you know. That's how the government got Al Capone was, you know, on tax evasion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so point. it's like, you know, you see Lauren Hill and Fat Joe and Wesley Snipes and Nicholas. You see all these super, you know, star people having issues with taxes. Rick Ross not realizing you buy this super mansion in Miami and you have five other houses. You have to pay yearly residential, in- you know, tax on all these houses and you know, you have five houses, each worth a couple million dollars each. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars in real estate taxes. If you don't know, you have to pay it. Two years go by, three years go by. You know, you could be, you know, in default millions of dollars. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the last place you want to be in because especially like you're saying, like people like that, if you're a person of influence, it becomes public. Um, it's just a whole can of worms that, that truthfully, I think, and, you know, as we're talking about it, I know it kind of sounds overwhelming, but if you're, if you're doing it right and doing it consistently, um, I don't think it's too overwhelming and the long-term benefits of it are obviously completely outweigh what, what the negatives are. So, right. That, that's kind of what I've been saying. So, you know, how are you kind of helping to, you know, expand the financial literacy of the gaming and esports industry? Yeah, you know, so truthfully, when I started Lodges, um, I, I had never been an entrepreneur before, never done anything like that. And so I really didn't know where to start other than, you know, the business networking side and, and creating an education for myself. But what I started to do after that, um, which I haven't done in a while, but I'll provide it just as a foundation, is I created a lot of videos when I first started Lodges um, on Instagram. And as best as I could, just try to provide a little bit of education on financial things. Um, so, you know, some examples of that is I, I had a video on, you know, difference between a debit card and a credit card, had the example video on, you know, the difference between a business checking account and just having, you know, everything in one checking account. Um, so created a lot of videos. They were not high quality videos. They were honestly just selfie videos and, and kind of my, Hey, uh, not about that. It's all about yeah. the content. <laughs> exactly. Content is king. Exactly. And that was my belief back back then and still today is that, you know, I wasn't really going for the production. I was going about the education and, and the power of listening. So created a lot of videos like that. And, and truthfully, is something that I need to bring back some of those videos and create more pieces around it. Um, 
But like I said, when, when I'm working with people and, and having these conversations or even, you know, there are people that I've had DM me and just ask like a general question. And of course, you know, I always try to tell them like, look, this isn't personal advice, but generally this is kind of something you could go off of. Um, so I'm always open, you know, and, you know, if you're listening and you have a question, I'm more than happy to kind of generally answer it for you and, and give you a little bit of guidance. Um, my DMs are open on Instagram and on Twitter. So feel free to, to shoot me a message. Um, cause a lot of the times what might seem like something that's super crazy for you might be like a really, an- really fast answer for me. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes it might not, but I'm more than happy to always answer questions for people as best as I can. Awesome. So we'll shift gears a little bit. So I know you've been hosting a podcast, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I created the Lodges podcast back in August and the idea behind it was first off, I love talking to people. So, uh, you know, Justin, I'm having fun being on here. So I love being on podcasts and networking with people. Um, But I really also the, the sav the business savvy part of it was I wanted to create a little bit of brand around Lodges. And I know that that could be tough for, you know, a business management firm since it's like, you know, like we're talking about financial stuff and all that. Um, And so one way I thought I could do that is, you know, what what if I have a podcast? And so that was kind of the idea behind it started out with just having um, solo episodes. And and again, actually, you know, you're asking about what some of the education I provide. If you go back like way back to episodes like one through five or something on the Lodges podcast, those are all kind of educational ones. Um, So started off as that, but then. You know, I was having fun doing it solo, but like I said, I'm really someone that likes to connect with people. And so at around episode seven, it turned into an interview style podcast with uh, professionals in, in gaming and esports, with streamers, with esports players. Um, my, my goal is to just try to have as many perspectives on as I can each and every week so that, you know, people who are tuning in can kind of get a better feel for the industry as best as possible. You know, it's a crazy industry. There's a lot of stuff going on and and all that. But you know, just having some interesting people on who are doing great stuff. Um, and, and so that was really kind of the idea behind it. Um, and, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's we've been had the opportunity to have some incredible people on. Um, we've had the opportunity to go down to Miami and shoot an episode to go over to Orlando. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So how do you kind of decide who you're going to feature as a guest? <laughs> that's the that might be the toughest part honestly um so like i said it's a weekly podcast so episodes drop on tuesdays so you know if you do that quick math it's only about four episodes a month um and it can be hard a lot of the times i'm like you know juggling okay i got what 36 episodes i believe a year you know who am i gonna have on um a lot of the times it's either someone that I've known and I've kind of been following and I see the work that they're doing in the space. And I think it's really cool. And I just reach out to them. Um, sometimes it's people that see the podcast and, you know, they reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, would love to kind of talk to you and tell you what we're doing. We hop on a call. They kind of tell me about what they're doing. I check out their content. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll have them on as well. Um, so most of the time it's me reaching out to people, but for certain episodes, there have been people that have reached out to me and I'm more than happy to have them on. Um, but like I said, when trying to pick a guest, uh, probably the most important factor that goes into it for myself is um, trying to, to diversify the guests as much as possible and great, get as many perspectives as we can. Interesting. So you know, what are some hurdles that you kind of experienced in hosting a podcast so far? Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely a grind. Like I said, it's a lot of fun, but it's definitely a grind. Um, some of the hurdles at the beginning for me um i didn't have any equipment so and i know a lot of people i'll touch on this i know a lot of people are like oh i don't want to start a podcast yet because i don't have a microphone or i don't have this or i don't have that 
Um, when I started mine, it was the first, like I said, the first couple of episodes were really just recording off of my iPhone. Um, and then, you know, there's apps you can download and all that to kind of mix it up however you want. Um, so while there was an alternative that still provided, this was a little bit of a hurdle at the beginning, just trying to figure out, you know, how do I want to go about doing it? Um, another hurdle is honestly, I, I believe it's kind of a constant learning experience. So I've changed the way that I've done the podcast, the way I conduct it the introductions the format um you know really after every episode i'm kind of like reassessing you know what i like what i don't like and so it might not be a hurdle but it's definitely like a constant learning experience and and seeing what i'm comfortable with or what i think works best so i love that about it because i feel like it constantly keeps me on my feet um and then lastly maybe the third one i'll say is that i a lot of them are done remote and really the most of them for the most part are done remote. And I would love to be able to do more in person, but obviously I can't just travel all across the United States. Um, so I've been trying to do what I can to get more people maybe down here in Florida, uh, that I can drive over, even if it's a couple hours and have them on the show. Um, and you know, that has its hurdles of itself, but overall, you know, you know, it's been a good time learning, uh, how to mix up a podcast. That was a bit of a learning experience, but, all this to say is really stuff you can look up on YouTube. It's stuff that you can Google, you can teach yourself. Um, so there's a little bit of a learning curve, but I definitely, you know, if you're someone that's trying to decide whether or not you want to start one, my recommendation is always just go for it. And trust me, you'll learn, you'll learn as you go. Right. I mean, I think that's great advice. And, you know, I said in an interview before, you know, just do it. Like you can talk about it. You can pick up all your excuses, but at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, just do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just start. That's the, that's the key. So, you know, what's the future for, you know, a financial company? Where are you going from here? Yeah. So the goal is really to just continue to find people that, that I can work with, that I can help. Um, some of the stuff that I, that I have there that I want to do in the future is create more of, of a financial literacy basis around it. Um, and so that's just kind of like some of the behind the scenes stuff. I'm kind of debating as how to go about that, but really kind of create maybe something separate um, while I'll be tied to lodges, but maybe just something separate that could provide free financial. So whether that be, you know, classes for people for free or, or webinars, um, you know, stuff like that to really, cause, cause like I said, I am passionate about just the financial literacy part of it, uh, whether you're a streamer or, or esports player or whatever you might be doing in the space. Um, so that's part of it. Um, as well as just continue to grow, you know, I'll, I'll be truthful and honest that, you know, I started this last June. So, you know, it's crazy. We're coming up on a year. But, you know, I'm 24 years old. I'm very new to entrepreneurship. I like it a lot. It's a grind. And, and I always feel like I've had that mentality to grind. So um, I'm learning along the way. So there's there's different things that as I continue to research, as I continue to network and and have some people that are serving as mentors, um, you know, originally lodges, I had started off as a financial services firm. And then, you know, actually like two months later is when we changed it to a business management firm because I kind of learned that, you know, that would be better for the overall future of it. And so it's stuff like that that I that I know that because I'm still so early on in it, the shape of it will, will probably change. Um, but the foundation of it being a support for, for streamers and pro players and it, you know, hopefully one day being the leading business management firm for the gaming space that's that's the goal is is to be the number one business management firm i know that's um an ambitious goal but i'm an ambitious guy so i'll stand behind it but um but yeah yeah just having a lot of fun with it honestly 
So, you know, do you guys work with people of, you know, all income? Like what's kind of the way it works with you? How much is, does a streamer need to be earning where they have to kind of start worrying about these things? Yeah. So, you know, the 600, you mentioned the $600 of income at the beginning. Um, you know, if you're a streamer and you're just starting out and you're not, obviously, if you're not making any money from it um, just yet, then obviously you don't have any like income or anything like that to worry about. You still could, if you are trying to earn income from it and you are trying to run it as a business, even if you're not earning income, there still might be deductions that you can, you know, write off and, and take a loss on in your income tax return, which would actually lower your tax liability. So you can do that. Um, but I, I think the focus of lodges on the business side is for those streamers that are doing it full time, that this is their future, this is their career, or an esports player that obviously has a professional career. Um, but back to the question you asked me on kind of what's the future of lodges, I, I kind of want to have a separate component for those people that maybe aren't full time yet or aren't a professional player, but you know, it's something they're beginning to dabble in or the beginning to night hustle. And, you know, they're going to college and trying to make this a career at the same time, um, creating something for them as well, where we can just provide education and provide them a little bit of guidance. Um, that that's kind of the outlook for it. Awesome. So, you know, I'm really excited to kind of see where you take everything here. So, you know, I really like to kind of tie up every episode with my three questions. So, okay. you know, what, what's your favorite game to watch? If you had asked me before Warzone came out, I'm going to be honest, it would be Fortnite. But like I mentioned at the very beginning, I'm liking Warzone a lot. So some of my favorite streamers I watch play Warzone are Nick Merckx. I've been a huge Nick Merckx fan since, you know, I kind of found Twitch and all that. Um, love watching his Warzone streams and uh, like watching Symphonies. Warzone streams as well. I think I'd argue he's potentially the best Call of Duty Warzone streamer out there. I think he's like really skilled at it and it's a lot of fun to watch him play. Awesome. So, you know, what's your favorite game to play? Probably Warzone as well. <laughs> to be honest with you, I do still play Fortnite with some friends. Um, it's an easier kind of like laid back game. I think Warzone's a little bit more intense, but favorite pick right now is definitely Warzone. Awesome. So, you know, so who's your favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, Donkey Kong. Ooh, Charmazon from Pokemon. I don't know how many okay. people remember that. I uh, played a lot of Pokemon growing up um, when I was younger. And so on the, on the Game Boy, what was it? I think Game Boy Advance and Game Boy SP. So I was a big Pokemon kid growing up. So, yeah, I'll go with him. Okay. There's a little bit before me. I was Game Boy Color, so... You know, I, I missed the Game Boy S, whatever you said. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, anyway, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. You know, this was extremely insightful. So tell, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Lodges. It's L-O-D-G-Z. You can also find the podcast on there. It's at the Lodges podcast on LinkedIn. You can find me at Juan Rodriguez. I'm not sure, honestly, how many other Juan Rodriguez come up. They're pretty common names. Well, look for Lodges, L-O-D-G-Z. <laughs> You'll find me on there. And then on Instagram, it's Lodges underscore financial. Um, so you can check out all the stuff on Instagram. But yeah, those are the big main three platforms I use, as well as eFuse. If you're on eFuse, look me up. Yeah, so, you know, thanks everybody again for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J-E-S-Q, and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. <laughs>